Welcome to Atmosphere Church. My name is Jim Cruz and I'm the lead pastor. We're a new non-denominational life-giving church located in the Conejo Valley, just west of Los Angeles. Let me just say on behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it'll touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we wanna make ourselves available to you in any way we can. Please leave a comment if you need prayer or if you wanna speak with one of our leaders in any struggle that you may be facing right now, we will be sure to respond to anything you need in your life. Here at Atmosphere, we believe that we should never forsake the gathering together with other believers. Don't use this recorded service as your church experience. Get involved in the local church to the extent that the people there know you by name. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our community. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at atmosphere.church. Finally, there's a lot of man hours that are put behind making services and resources like this available that are meant to help you grow and develop as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith. To make a financial donation, simply click on the link on our site that says donate and your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Remember, when you give to Atmosphere Church, you're actually giving through Atmosphere to change lives in our church in our city and literally around the world. We've already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the service. We're in a series and you guys uh, that were here on Easter Sunday and maybe even came last week, we're kind of like stepping into a season as a church. And, you know, Julie and I were even talking before Easter that, that there, is, there is this feeling that we have as we pray over the church and over, like, where we're headed as a new church. Because for those of you that may be brand new today, I, I want you to know we're all kind of new together because we've only been really gathering together for about seven months, and we've already added a, another service to be able to sit everybody to, you know, in you know, a Sunday, so uh, uh, there's a, an 11 o'clock service for those of you that didn't know that, but a, as we start reflecting on what God is up to, we just, we feel like he's moving us into a season of expectancy, and, and this kind of goes off of what we talked about on Easter, that, that when you have a relationship with God, you not only have the hope in death that when you die, you are going to be in heaven with God forever, but that you have hope while you live. And that there are things that you move through in this world, difficulties, challenges, situations, and that what we believe is that God gets involved in every one of those situations, challenges, or difficulties, and he actually moves us into a better future for ourselves and, and really guides us through that space. And so in this space where we're talking about living expectantly, we want to really look at different examples. And so we're going to be camped out in this chapter of the Bible that is called the Great Hall of Faith. It's chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. And uh, I don't know if you have your Bibles or your smartphones that you have the Bible app, uh, but that's where we're going to be at. I'm going to pray and, um, 
and then I'm going to play a, a little video for you because I, I, I think, uh, uh, I, I can't imagine having a life uh, without God and, and uh, the, the excitement and the adventure that we get to have in this relationship is amazing. But Father, as we get ready to start this service, I, I just pray that there is an expectancy here in this room this morning. That Lord, I know as I just pray this prayer, God, and and I don't know everyone's stories, Lord, but I know in, in this room, God, there are challenges going on. There are difficulties that people are facing right now. There's issues that, that are very real in people's lives. And, and so, God, we come to you with expectancy that you're going to show up today and you're going to speak right to that space, Lord, that you're going to let words be given, God, and, and encouragement be sown into these situations. And we thank you in advance for how you're going to accomplish that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Now, I don't know how many of you are the adventurous type, but as we talk about living in faith, you know, it, it's kind of like that adventurous spirit. Now, some of you are more risk takers than others. I don't know how many of you love roller coasters. A anyone say that you just absolutely love a good roller coaster ride. Raise your hand. Just say like, yes, that is me. I'm all, I'm all about the more loops, the better. I don't know what it is though. As I get older, I get I get sick a lot easier. I can only like one roller coaster, like a couple flips or a little court, and then I'm like I'm I'm tapping out. Uh, I'm like I don't know what what it is, but I love roller coasters. I, I love adventures. The only thing I, I'm still contemplating. I'm not saying that I'll never do it. Is skydive. Anybody ever skydive in here? Yeah, why? Twice! Dude, you're an expert, bro. So I, I don't know about that because my, my gut tells me the only time I'm jumping out of a plane is my only other option is the plane's gonna crash. And so, uh, but, but I started thinking about that and, and I found a, a funny uh, video online of uh, Jimmy Fallon trying to talk Kevin Hart. Uh, a comedian onto a roller coaster ride, and Kevin Hart uh, it doesn't like roller coaster rides, and so maybe you can relate uh, to his adventure. Go ahead and watch this. Oh, I just love that. Yeah, Tara, my wife, has an uncle, Uncle Steve, and we talked him into going to Knott's Berry Farm with us. This is a couple years ago, and he is deathly afraid of roller coasters. Well, Tara's dad has this way of talking Uncle Steve into doing anything. And so Tara's dad was like, I'm going to talk him into going on this roller coaster ride. And so we sat in front of him and uh, Tara and I were just, we had no idea how deathly afraid he was, but he got on there and before we even started, he gr just grabbed hold of the roller coaster and just started praying as loud as he could. It's like, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. And he just kept screaming it out. And then the roller coaster started. And we hit that first, you know, like that first dip after it climbed up. And I honestly, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. I, I thought, like, we're going to need a medical emergency, like, paramedic to come up here. And it, it was just so funny. It's funny watching somebody else's misery in that moment and just like, just like, wow, I, I never, like, because that kind of stuff is fun to me. And so it was just hilarious to me to see somebody just like freaking out over the space. And we kind of did the same thing that Jimmy Fallon did to Kevin Hart there. We, there was no line. And so we didn't even let him off. We did it again. We did it four times, four times. And and even though I was like nauseous, but, but uh, it was worth it. It was just worth it because 
you know, I, I, I don't know what it is. And Uncle Steve had a good time afterwards. He was like, I'm, I'm so glad that, that uh, I got to do that with you guys. So he, have, he was a good sport about it. But uh, if you think about life, it's kind of like an adventure like that. That it's a roller coaster ride, and it's got those those times that you get really excited, and you get really nervous, and you don't know kind of what's going to happen next, and and you get all kinds of emotions that get behind it. But as we look at the Bible, especially if we study these people of God that lived with the expectancy that God was going to show up and do great things for their lives. I think it's an encouragement for us because we get to kind of see from somebody else's perspective like, wow, they, they rode this roller coaster. They had so much fun in doing it. And so today I want to look at a roller coaster rider for God. His name is Abraham. And Abraham is actually talked more about in chapter 11 of Hebrews than any other character that's mentioned in there. More time is devoted to Abraham in that chapter than other characters. Now, what's interesting, besides Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham is mentioned in multiple texts throughout the New Testament. And so, in other words, like he had such an adventurous life. He had such a big life that multiple people in the New Testament chose to talk about him and to write about him. And matter of fact, three of the major faiths in the world today base their whole faith on Abraham. You have, of course, Judaism. You have Christianity, but you also have Islam. And Abraham is that guy that they all kind of look to and say, man, he was the man. Like, he had this amazing connection with God. But it wasn't always like that. Abraham wasn't always this like bigger than life faith guy that that he actually didn't move into that space until he was older in life. And in Hebrews chapter 11, let me uh, give you the scripture that uh, we're going to highlight. It says that starting in verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And and so the book of Hebrews is highlighting the fact that Abraham's faith journey, his, his life of expectancy started by him moving to a place that he didn't even know where he was going. He just felt like the Lord says, I am moving you to a new place, and you will know where I'm taking you when you actually get there, but it's gonna require you to move first. In Romans, I I love how it talks about Abraham. In Romans 4, it says, Abraham believed and he hoped, even when there was no reason for hoping. I love that part. Some of you this morning, that's the space you're in. You're like, man, I really, I look at my life, I take an inventory of maybe my marriage, my family, my situation, my job, my money, and I'm like, man, I really, my circumstances, Pastor, to be honest with you, are are pretty much in the toilet right now. They're not good. But here it says that he believed and he hoped even though he had no reason for it. And so he became the father of many nations, just as the scripture says, your descendants will be as many as the stars. So there was something 
about Abraham and his belief in God that defied his circumstances and his difficulties that he was currently in and said, you know what, even though everything doesn't look like it's going to work out, I trust God. Look, look what it says in Galatians. Paul writes this letter talking about Abraham. He says, consider the experience of Abraham. As the scripture says, he believed God, and because of his faith, God accepted him as righteousness or righteous. You should realize then that the real descendants of Abraham are the people who have faith, who, who really live expectantly that God is on the move for their life. Now, and I've got to point this out. There's a difference of believing in God and believing God. There really is. You, you may know a lot of people that believe in God, but they really are idle when it comes to anything having to do with God. They, they really don't practice anything. You really don't see any God coming from their life. They just, they, they kind of say it, they brand themselves as maybe a Christian or as a follower of Jesus, but you just look at them like they, they, they believe in God. But see, the difference between believing in God and, and believing God is kind of like knowing about God and knowing God. There's a difference. I've met people throughout my Christianity, throughout my faith, that, that really know a lot about God. I mean, they can quote the Bible in Hebrew. They can quote the Bible in Greek. They can tell you verses that they've memorized. They can tell you the, the theological differences between all of these different uh, persuasions of religions, and they can just break it all down but really, they have no real authentic connection with God. They have really no experiences with God. You know, and I could tell you up here, like, hey, I know Bono from U2. You know, and I don't know if you guys know who he is, but, but if I said I know Bono versus like I know about Bono, what, what would impress you more? Like if I got up here and I did the whole Wikipedia of, of Bono from U2 and told you how many records they've made and how he got his start in music and all the things that, that he's done in his life and the humanitarian efforts that he's been able to do in Africa, you'd be like, oh yeah, you're, I'm impressed that you know so much about him. Versus I got up here and like, hey, last night I was in Westlake Village and I, I was hanging out with Bono and he was kind of telling me what he was up to. What would impress you more? Come on. And it seems like I, I know that God wants us to know more about him. But more than knowing about God, God wants us to know him. And more than just believing in God, God wants us to believe him that when he says something, we're ready to move. We're ready to act on what he says for us to do. That's the difference. And Abraham says, I don't, I don't only believe in God, I believe God. And so when God says something to me, I'm ready to move my life into action according to what I believe God is downloading for me to do. Now let's go to the Old Testament where before he was even Abraham, he was called Abram. And so in, in Genesis chapter 12, and there's multiple chapters in the beginning of our Bibles that are devoted to this guy. I mean, he had this amazing walk with God that it took multiple chapters to talk about. And in chapter 12, we're kind of introduced to him as a man of God. And he wasn't always a man of God. Matter of fact, what, what we know from the previous chapter is that he was raised in a very pagan city called Ur. And Ur was part of the Chaldean era uh, and, and area where they, 
they really had a lot of wealth. They had a, a lot of um, money and trade, and, and uh, they, they did a lot of neat things and lived a rich kind of lifestyle, but they really didn't have God. And so Abram was kind of raised in that environment, but at some point, we know he was religious, at some point in his seeking out God, God showed up for Abram. That's why I tell people that, that are having a problem like with believing. It's like, hey, I know God well enough to know that if you start seeking God, he's going to show up. If you seek him, you're going to find him. He's going to make himself known to you. And I really believe Abram was seeking God. And maybe he didn't even know what he was seeking, but he was pouring his heart out. And God met him there. And in Genesis chapter 12, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. Verse 3. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, which was his nephew. Now Abram was 70 Five years old when he departed from Haran. So as you think about this idea, he's 75 years old and he's stepping into a new chapter for his life. You're never too old for a new adventure. Do you know that? Some of you, I know, you know, when you think of being 75 years old, I, I know one thing that you're probably thinking of. I'm doing nothing. <laughs> I'm, if, I, if I'm 75, I'm not really doing a whole lot. I mean, that's retirement, baby. That's like, I'm looking forward to that moment. And here, whereas most of us in our mind, we think 75, Social Security, like, you know, hey, we're living in this retirement mode. Abram's like, hey, my life is just getting started. There, there was a guy named Sam at the Vegas church, and this guy blessed me, 93-year-old guy. And he was a part of our men's ministry over there. And I really got to know Sam. He was at our uh, men's retreat last September. Uh, last time I really got to spend time with him. But here's a guy. It, it didn't matter that he was 93. Like every time we would do something as a church, he would show up. And he would roll up his sleeves and we're like, let's, let's go for this. Like I, I'm, I'm still in this. As I'm still alive, as I'm still breathing, there's still ministry and, and work to be done for God's kingdom. I love that. It's like Caleb, you know, he turns 85 years old in the Old Testament, and, and, and everyone's like thinking like retirement, and Caleb's like, go send me to the land where the giants still are at, because you know what, there's unfinished business. I love that kind of zeal. That's where Abram's at. He's like, I'm 75, but man, there's still gas left in my tank, and I want to make sure that I leverage what I have left to do as much for God's kingdom as I can do while I'm still here. Let's go to verse 4. Or verse 5. It says, Abram took uh, Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, Go to your descendants. I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Then he proceeded from there to the mountain uh, of the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. 
So God was meeting with him, and Abram was responding to God. It's one thing for God to show up in your life and start speaking to you about ways that he wants to move in your life. It's another thing to start moving according to what God is saying. I brought some moving boxes today because I'm really moving, you know, and I really need these. But this is a good prop for us because, you know, if you think about what Abram's doing, his whole adventure, I mean, th- there's a series of things that God does where Abram just, just keeps listening to God. Step by step, he's listening to God. But it all started by God saying, I want to make a move in your life. And Abram responded to say, God, I'm up for the move. And I really believe that as we look at Abram's faith and as we look at our own uh, ability to live with expectancy, that you need to know that God is waiting to make a move in your life. He's wanting to make a move in your life. Matter of fact, the only way he's going to move you forward in your faith is that you allow God to carry you and make that move in your life. I don't know what that move is. I'm not talking necessarily about a literal move, but for Tara and I, it was a literal move. Like he was calling us out of the space that we were living in in Vegas, and he says, I've got a new place that I want you guys to be at, and I, and I want to do something in this place. And so he literally moved us from leading a church in Las Vegas to now leading this new church here in Thousand Oaks. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a literal move. But all of us can probably think to ourselves, like, right now, wherever you're at in life, is there room for you to do better as far as your relationship with God and your faith? I I bet you, if you're really honest with me, you would say, absolutely, There's lots of room for improvement on that. So in other words, you're living in a space right now with your faith. And what God is looking at doing is he's looking to take you from where you're at and to move you into a new place where you're actually closer and more dependent on him. So you think about it. The premise here is that, hey, I'm going to take you somewhere. I'm going to move you somewhere, and you don't know where you're going to go. See, if you don't know where you're going, the premise is you better be a good follower. How many have ever had to follow somebody in a car and they say, hey, just follow me and we'll, we'll go over there. And you're like, just give me the address, bro. Like, I have a phone and, you know, if I get caught in a yellow light or whatever. It's like, you know, no, no, just trust me. Just follow me. And I, I mean, I don't know. If, if you're like this, but if I'm following somebody, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm following them, man. I'm like, if that light turns yellow or red, dude, I'm, I'm going through it. And I'm just like, hey, I, I mean, I'm dependent on that. I'm not going to be able to find out where I'm going unless I really follow him. And I, and I think what God is doing with Abram here is he's saying, I'm moving you from a place of independence. Because he wasn't moving from this place where he didn't have a lot. He even said there that he had, he had accumulated a lot. Most Bible scholars and historians believe that Abram was pretty wealthy. So it wasn't that he was like leaving poor and out of work. Like, no, he had accumulated a lot and God was calling him out. Because what happens, and this happens with all of us, is when we have all of our needs met, God tends to take the back burner. It's not until stuff starts kind of being undone in our life that God gets our full attention. Like, whoa, I've kind of slacked off. I've kind of backed away. And I really need to get myself back into gear with my faith. 
And I really believe that the move that was happening was, was an actual literal move, but there was also a spiritual move going on that God's saying, Abram, I'm calling you from a place of living independently in your life to a place that you're living completely dependently on me for your life. And I don't think, I, I don't think this is just Abram's calling. I believe this is all of our calling because if you think about Jesus, if you think about the words that he said in the Gospels, when his followers, his disciples were around him. Matter of fact, he told his disciples, his early disciples, they were fishing. He says, hey, leave your nets behind and come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's what he told them. I like what he says in uh, Matthew chapter uh, 16. He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Because in this place of moving from independence to dependence, you, you kind of give up yourself so that you can fully put yourself in a position of dependence. Like, what, what is Jesus going to do today? Let me tell you about moving. <laughs> if you haven't moved in a while, let me refresh your memory, all right? <laughs> it's not fun, it's uncomfortable. And it's a lot of work. Am I, am I speaking truth here? Yeah. And I, I realized this as I started kind of packing up the house this week. Our house goes on the market next week. And so we're in that place of like we're getting ready to make the full-time move. Because some of you are like, you don't live here yet? We're, we're transitioning. We went from Vegas to Bakersfield, now to Thousand Oaks. Kind of like Abram, where he was like an Ur, and then he went to Haran, and then he went to Canaan. You know, like, like Bakersfield is kind of like the Haran for Pastor Jim and Tara, and we're coming here. But it's like these boxes. It's just like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of get stressed out just seeing these, going, wow, I have a lot of work before me. But let me tell you something. If you want to have only God moments in your life, if you want to start experiencing God, and not just know about God, like you really want to know God, you really want to have God stories in your life, then it's going to take you, it's going to require you getting uncomfortable in your life. It's going to require you to just kind of go, ah, this isn't really who I am, but I'm going to do this because I really feel the nudge by God that this needs to be done. It's when you start getting uncomfortable, when, when stuff is kind of like, like a, a, a little bit stressful, that, that God starts showing up and doing miracles, not just in your life, but through your life for other people. So what you need to understand and what I need to understand is that God is always looking, us, looking at us to make a move. It's time to make a move. Would you just look at your neighbor and say, it's time to make a move? Yeah. That could... Wait a minute, that could be creepy. That could be creepy. Like, what? But God is calling all of us to, to make a move. Talk about creepy. I, I, I don't know emoji etiquette because I've been, I've been sending red hearts to people and my wife's like, don't do that. I'm like, why? She's like, that could be misinterpreted. I'm like, it's just emoji. It's like, hey, I love you. She's like, no, you got you to be careful of that. So I don't know. So if I've sent you hearts or whatever, uh, just know it's just, it, it was like, I love you, right? Not in a creepy sort of way. Um, 
So just for those of you that are like me, just be careful of the emojis you sent out because they could mean something different than what you think they mean, all right? And that has nothing to do with the sermon. That's just a little life lesson from Pastor Jim, all right? But God is calling all of us to make a move. You know, one of the, the coolest prayers that, that I'm convinced you can pray and that I can pray is, God, have fun with me today. Because what, I mean, what, is that, what does that look like? Just to say, God, have fun with me today. Like there, there may be somebody in your path that is possibly thinking about ending their life and God is going to put you in their path so that you can give them a Bible verse card. So you can say, hey, I, just got, I know you may not be a person of faith, but I'm a Christian. I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. And you may think, that, oh, that's so weird, and you don't do that. But I'm telling you, I, I, I have emails every week. I have text messages every week, not just from my life, but friends of mine that listen to the nudge, and they step out in faith, and, and they just feel this calling or this leading and this prompting to, to help somebody else out. And God just does a miracle in that moment. It happens all the time. I had a moment the other day. I felt like, you know, I was supposed to go to the store and I go in the store and I'm, I'm buying something, right? But I just, I was like, I'm supposed to see somebody here. And there, lo and behold, there was um, a woman and, and she was the grandmother of Bailey Schweitzer, uh, the young girl that was killed in our church uh, from the Vegas shooting a couple years ago. And I hadn't seen her in a while. And I just knew in that moment, I go, man, I was supposed to run into you today. And, and we got to talk, and I just got to catch up with her, and I got to hug her and just say, we love you guys. And, and it just was a beautiful moment. And for her, it was a God wink. It was like, all right. I don't understand it, but a lot of times when people see me, they kind of look at me and like, oh, like God cares about me. And it's weird for me because I'm just a dude. But because what I do is a living, as I'm a pastor, that people will look at me, and you know, if they have a little run-in with me, they'll, they'll be like, okay, like God's like paying attention. There's a reason I ran in to Pastor Jim today. But you don't have to be a pastor to have moments like that. Can you imagine this week the kind of life that you would live out this week if you, every, every morning this week you woke up and said, God, have fun with me today? Imagine the things that might take place from your life. All right, here's the second point I want to give you, and that is moving requires leaving. Moving requires leaving. Not just necessarily leaving a geographical location, but like leaving things behind. One of the things that, that we've been doing this week in prep for our move is like purging our house. It's amazing the stuff that collects over time, especially if you just keep setting aside and like, I'll deal with that later, I'll deal with it Anyone else in the club of I'll deal with it later? Like, it just push it, and now, now you can't even park your car in the garage anymore because it's full of a I'll deal with it later boxes. Well, that's our house. And so, guess what? The later has come. <laughs> and, and so I'm like going through this, and I'm like, Tara, why are we pack rats? Like, why, why can't we just get rid of stuff? Like, I'm opening boxes that I've moved five different times, and I haven't even ever got into these boxes. One box still had the tape on it from the last time we moved. And I go, I'm just moving. Literally, it's a box now. I don't even know what's in it, but it just moves from our one place that we're living to the next place. 
this started dawning on me, like, there, are, there is unnecessary stuff in your life that you don't need to carry anymore. It's irrelevant. It, it used to be a big deal, obviously, because you kept the stuff and you put it in a box and put tape on it, and you keep moving it from one place to the next. But God's been speaking to me, saying, I want to do a purging in your life. And just because this was in your life five years ago doesn't necessarily mean I still want this in your life. I want to take you to a new glory for your spirit so that you can be closer to me, so that you can really know me. And that's going to require purging some of the old stuff that you've boxed up and that you've continued to let stay in your life. Let, Let me ask you a question. Is there some stuff in your life that maybe has found its way into a box? And you only kind of deal with it every once in a while. It's, you know, it's not like a daily thing. You're not going and having to deal with it every day. But it's like that box in your garage that you, know, you kind of have to deal with it to get to that thing behind there. It's kind of like where, where it's at. And God's saying, you know what? It's time to deal with that. If you want to move to a new place with me, Time to get rid of this. Because that was the call to Abram. It's like, I, you're going to have to leave some relationships behind. And, and even though we just read that, it's just like really quick, like, oh, just leave. You know, that was probably difficult. Imagine some of your relationships that, that you know, five years ago, ten years ago, this is just like, hey, this person is in your life, but now you're in a new season of your life, and God's saying, this isn't healthy for you. I've called you into a a new relationship with me. And and it's going to require some purging to take place. It could be an old hurt that you're just like, I'll deal with it later, deal with it later. No, as long as that hurt is staying inside of you and you're not allowing God to heal that hurt, that is actually tripping you up and preventing you to move to a new level of glory that God wants you to move into. It's time to... It's time to purge that hurt. It's, it's time to deal with that, maybe that habit that you know is just weighing heavy on you and it's just kind of taking up space that, that you know could be given over to God. It, it may be this hang up that you just can't let go of maybe somebody that, that just did something and, and now you feel this bitterness and this unforgiveness like there and you're like, man, I can't, I can't just keep carrying this in my life. If, if I'm to move to this new place that God wants in me to move, I've got to leave this stuff i got to give it to the heavenly goodwill store. i gotta, I got to move it out of my life and, and, stop, and stop carrying it with me. Because that's where the stuff ends up, right? That we don't hey, give it to goodwill. Um, I had a very difficult time, just to be totally transparent with you. I had a difficult time leaving the Vegas church. I didn't really know a lot of you guys. I knew a few of you. And there was that point where God says, Jim, I want to move you to do something new. And not just your life and Tara's life, but I want to do something new for this valley that I'm calling you into. But in order for me to be fully present and for me to do what God's called me to do, there had to be a leaving. And I mean, these were my, this was my fam. I mean, I was, I was a part of their lives. I, I watched two of these people get from, from being heroin addicts and on the streets of Las Vegas to seeing God come fully transform them and put them back into a home and fully like, uh, revive them and, and 
and restore their lives. Maybe one day they'll, they'll come visit us here, but I, I just like story after story, and I told Terry, I go, babe, the, the most difficult thing I'm having, I mean, yeah, Thousand Oaks, like, oh, it's like we're leaving the desert for the promised land. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, no more hot summers. It's like, yeah, you know, Thousand Oaks and Malibu. It's like all of this great stuff, but then the, the, that reality set in going, there's going to be a leaving behind of these relationships and there's going to be difficult moments in your life if, if you are really sincere about moving to this new place that God has called you to. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing that God is calling you to leave. Sometimes God calls us to leave something good so that he can make room for something that's even greater than what you currently have. Can you receive that word this morning? And let me tell you, I love my Vegas fam, but I'm really loving this fam. I mean, I, I really do. I mean, I'm sincere with that. Like, you guys are family. And I just think about, it, like, what is it that may be good in your life? That God is saying, hey, are you, are you ready to leave that so that I can do something even greater? Here's the last point, and I had the worship team come on back up because I, I, I need to be better on my time. But a tent with God is better than a house without God. Abram had been there, done that. He had the good life. He had the nice house. He had the fancy car. He had, he had all of the stuff. And it says there in Hebrews that, that he went to live in tents. And I don't know how many of you are campers, but I am not. <laughs> I'm not. I may be a glamper, but I'm not a camper. And why? Because tents aren't not comfortable but you know what Abram says I would rather be in a tent with God than be in a house without God some of you know that you had all the stuff you you had all the money you you had maybe the the everything that you kind of desired as a young person you're like man one day I'm gonna have all of this stuff but you came to a realization that without God it's all meaningless doesn't matter whether you have a dollar in your bank account or a million dollars in your bank account. If God's not there, it's empty. And Abram said, man, I would rather dwell in tents for the rest of my life and have this thriving relationship with God Almighty and just forget all of this other stuff that I used to have. I don't know where you're at. Maybe in your own life. But there are some people that are in downtown L.A. right now living in a tent that are happier in their life than you are right now. And you have everything. They would look at your life and you you made it. You have it all. But inside, you know you're hurting. It's dark. And maybe even you're at a place you're like, I don't even want to live anymore. Having the nice house isn't all what it's about. It's having that relationship with God. And this morning, maybe you've never had the opportunity to invite God to come and live inside of you. But we say it, that, that our whole mission here as a church is that we want you to experience God. And the way we experience God is by following Jesus. So just like the disciples came to a place where they said, Jesus, we want to follow you. It's a decision that you make to say, you know what, Jesus, I want to follow you in my life. 
And in that moment, the Bible says that you receive the Holy Spirit and he begins living inside of you. And that's where that, that life really comes from. It doesn't come from the money. It doesn't come from the fancy car. It doesn't come from the nice house. It comes from being at peace with the God that created you. So would you just bow your heads and pray with me? Father, as we just end our time, God, just thinking about what it means to live expectantly. God, I know you're calling us to make a move in our lives. And I know, Lord, that, that you're already speaking some things of places that you're calling people to go and things that you're calling them to leave behind. But more than that, God, the, the biggest move of all is you're, you've got some people in here that are saying, I want you to make a move and follow me. Receive my spirit. Let me live inside of you. I want to give you the peace of heaven. If that's you this morning, as we just worship, I, I want you to just take a moment on that connection card, flip it over, and I want you to, to fill that out and say, you know, I'm making a decision today to follow Jesus. I'm making that next step. And that's important, not just for you and your soul to declare, but it's for us as a church. We want to get behind you. We want to support you. We want to be your biggest fans in this decision that you're making in your life. And the good things of God that I've seen God do over 20 years of my life, he's going to begin doing in you. But I, I encourage you, as we sing this song, and as we respond to the things that God's speaking in our heart, take that time, fill out that connection card, and take that next step. Hey, thank you for tuning in today to another message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and even on Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and click either the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. And until next time, we pray you'll keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. God bless you.